All right, Shavu say good morning. Let us begin. Beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors. Thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Teves. The daf Yomi Shir. In this chos, have an alif in the shama of Mr. Mordechai David ben Rafal Hakohen to thank the Elbaum Mishpacha for dedicating all the this month in creation of the yard site of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov Kapo ben Ravavram Menachem to thank our weekly learning sponsors Paul and Kathy Pollock and the chos of Rafush Lema for Harav David Hakohen ben Leo. And thanks our week of learning sponsors, Said and Sima Haken, for dedicating the Shurim this week in the Nishkos of Aliyah for the Neshama of Sima's parents, Miriam Bas Elazar and Yecheskel Ben Aga Sela. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Evelyn Getz in commemoration of the Yarsite of her son, Yisrael Getz, Yisrael Yaakov Ben Moshe Hillel Zichron Levracha. Also, I will say again, we dedicate all of our learning today is. The Yarzeit of Rabbi Price, Zichron Lebracha, Haraf Shlomo Aryeh Ben Moshe, Zichron Lebracha, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Nisham will have an Ali, all of the Nisham will have an Aliyah, the families, Ein Nechama, and all those who require Erefua should have one together with Kol Tole Yisrael. So once we're that, let us begin. So today's daf is Ayin Vav 76. We are picking up Rabosai again. Let's pick up Amri Rabbana, three lines down from the top. 76a. Three lines up in the 76a. Suppose I remember again, just to reorient ourselves a little bit over here. Remember again, we had a fascinating Mishnah. What was the Mishnah? So we had a Machlokes. Oh, well, let's start with what we didn't have Machlokes with. Number one, everyone agreed that proactive affirmation ultimately does not work out of the concern of a Kiyom Betos, little Chazara. What about proactive revocation? So that was a machlokus in the Chachamim and Rabbi Eliezer. The Chachamim say it does not work. Rabbi Eliezer says it does work. Okay, Rabbi Eliezer has this Kavachomer. And both saying, what's this Kavachomer? Essentially, again, if you could undo a current reality, then you could certainly what? Prevent that reality from ever occurring to begin with. So if a husband has the ability to go ahead and revoke his wife's nether once she made it, he certainly has the ability to block it from ever occurring. Chama, on the other hand, say, no, this is a pasik. Isha yikimeno, v'isha yifireno. If a neder ultimately again comes to be, then ultimately, or comes to fruition, then you could annul it. But if it never comes to fruition, then ultimately again, annulment is impossible. Therefore, proactive revocation is simply impossible. So I'll say, the ask the simple question. According to Eliezer, who says that proactive revocation is possible, what are the mechanics of proactive revocation? Two possibilities. Possibility one is that proactive revocation prevents the nether from ever being chal. It just, it just never takes effect. Possibility number two is it takes effect for a moment and then what? And then is an old immediately afterwards. What's the nafkamina? Both say the nafkamina, the chazara, nafkamina, atfasa, atfasa. Right, where somebody wants to piggyback on the nether. Let's say again, the wife says, "I'm an azira," right, and somebody says, "Gamani." Does that work? Now, normally, you could piggyback on someone else's nether. The shayla is, does that work in this particular case? Why? If you hold that halacha lamaisa, the nether is chal for a moment, then atfasa will work. But if you hold that the nether is not even chal for a moment, then atfasa will not work. Okay, so I'll say, so we're going back and forth with this. Now, what we ended off with yesterday was this interesting tosefta, right? In tosefta, the Tosefta is much more, has much more information than our Mishnah. And in the Tosefta, the Rabbanon were already pushing back on Rabbi Meir's Kavachomer from two cases. One the Mikvah and one the Kli. So we saw both of the Mecca review, we saw both those cases in yesterday's daf. So we'll say, what was the problem? The problem was from the Rabbanon's response to Rabbi Eliezer, 
it wasn't clear what they felt Rabbi Eliezer's shita was as to the mechanics of proactive revocation. That's where I'm picking up. So we'll say three lines down from the top, Ayn Vava Madalaf. Amri, so as actually kind of in the middle of a sentence. Amri, Rabbana lo kaimi lahon betami drabalazar. Eliezer, sorry. The truth is, the Gemara says, the Rabbanon actually did not really know the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. Otherwise, Rabbi said, again, this is the, this is the Shaila. Every we, we know, because Rabbi Eliezer says in the Mishnah, that proactive revocation works. What we don't know, what the Rabbanon don't know, is how does it work according to Rabbi Eliezer? Does it work in that the nether is chal for a moment and then it's revoked? Or does it work that proactive revocation prevents the nether from ever being chal at all? So the Gemara says, This is what the Chum were saying to Rabbi Eliezer. My Svir Lacha, Rabbi Eliezer, what do you hold? If at the end of the day you hold that the nether is chal, right? It works for a moment. So I was about to say, again, let's just play this out for just a moment, right? So Ruben's married to Rachel. Ruben's married to Rachel. Right? Ruben says, Ruben says, listen, I'm going away. Any in the dharm you make now for the next 30 days, our bottle. Our bottle. Fine. Two days in, Rachel says, Harini Nazira. I'm going to be a Nazir. So I'll say, so, okay, so, so, so the Rabbana so, so says, listen, we hold the whole thing doesn't work. But according to, according to your Beliezer, so let's analyze this. What's your Svar? You say it does work. If you hold that when she says, Harini Nazira, we'll say, what happens? What happens? What happens? It works. In other words, for a moment, for a moment, she is in the zira, and then what happens? The proactive revocation comes along and annuls that nether. So then ultimately, again, the Kli case should ultimately refute it, right? Because ultimately, again, what did they say in the Kli case? They said a person can't take a Kli and what about say? Proactively immerse it and say that when this Kli becomes Tamei, the proactive immersion should go ahead and remedy it. So the same way it doesn't work by a Kli, it also won't work by a woman's Nadarim. And if you hold that ultimately again, the Nadarim is the, the Nadar. In the case of proactive revocation, the Nadar is not Chal at all to have a Mikvah Tiyuftech. Then the Mikvah case, what's well, so the Mikvah case? The mikvah case is where a person goes to the mikvah when they are still tahar in order to prevent tumah from ever setting in. So obviously, again, that doesn't work. So therefore, they'll the refute, the refute Rabbi Eliezer's position from that case. Therefore, I will say, essentially, the Rabbanon themselves are not sure. The same Shaila our Gemara has about the mechanics of Rabbi Eliezer's proactive revocation are the same exact Shaila the Rabbanon have on Rabbi Eliezer's proactive revocation. No one knows how it works. So what the Rabbanon do is, they try to go ahead and refute Rabbi Eliezer on both points. So again, if you hold that the way proactive revocation works is that the nether is chal for a moment and then revoked, I'll refute that from the case of the Kli. What was the case of the Kli? They will say that's a case of a person who takes a utensil that right now is tar. What does he do? He immerses it in the mikvah and he says what? When this kli becomes tamay, the proactive immersion should go ahead and remedy the tumah. So we'll say, so just like that doesn't work, so too if you hold the nether as chal for a moment, the revocation can't come and take it away. If you hold on the other hand, that proactive revocation prevents it from ever setting in, that's the mikvah case. What's the mikvah case? 
where a person or person proactively immerses himself in order to what? To prevent himself from becoming tame. The same way that that doesn't work. So, so to again, your model of proactive revocation, which prevents the end of every Michal, doesn't work as well. So the Rabbonon effectively in the Tosefta refute Rabbi Eliezer on both accounts. Incredible. So we'll say, so Tashma. Now, by the way, we still don't have an answer to our question. In other words, our core question about what are the mechanics of proactive revocation according to Rabbi Eliezer is still unanswered. Still unanswered. So Tashma, let's analyze a bit more. Tashma. Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer said to the Chachamim, Uma zra'im timeim, kevan shezra'im bekarka tahorin. So what's the interesting case? If you have seeds or plants for that matter, right? Kevan that there are timeim. So whatever it is, yeah, you have a case of, let's say, a plant or a seed that came in contact, it's detached from the ground, has come in contact with the source of tumah. And now, as a result, is tameh. Is tameh. Now, once you do something interesting, what do you do? You replant that item. What happens when you replant the item? The tumma status goes away. Tzalocha. Tzalocha. If you replant something, ultimately, again, right, ultimately, the tumma goes away. Again, we're not going to delve into these halachas too much. We'll just take the Gemara's we'll statement. Yeah, if you take a look. If you take a look um, here, take a look at the rush for just a moment, Rabbi Osei. Take a look at the rush. The rush is in the wide lines, three lines in. Tashma Amalu Rabbi Eliezer Umazraim Heishiv Lehem Rabbi Eliezer Shematzinu Shedanin Kavachomer Kiobinidarim. I will say Rabbi Eliezer is trying to just he's trying to prove that it's Kavachomer is correct. I will say what, what's Rabbi Eliezer's Kavachomer? What's Kavachomer? His Kavachomer is if you have the power to change a reality. You certainly have the power to what? Prevent it from ever occurring. That's his point. So he's trying to prove that again. So he says, listen to this. If you take a tummy plant or tummy seeds, right? So we'll say a simple case, right? So how, how, however it became tummy, right? The tummy plant, tummy seeds. And now what do you do? You replant it. It becomes tar. So the idea of your in the Pasik, that Allah says if you take something that is tame and you replant it, ultimately again it becomes tar. By the way, what what an incredible, what an incredible Musr Haskil. I will say, what do we say in Tehillim? I'll say, what does David Amal say about man? What's man's job? Man's job is to make himself like a tree that is planted by rivers of water. The rivers of, the rivers of water in this context, of will say, are what? Is Torah. What's the goal? The goal is plant yourself in Torah. Why does David Amal use that imagery? I always wonder about this. Now, if you look at the Mepharshim on that, on that Pasuk, the idea that Tavar Malk is trying to convey is that, is that a, a, a tree that's planted by a source of water is well-nourished. Is well-nourished. But it's not just the fact that it's well-nourished, it's planted. What's the difference between something that's planted versus something that's just situated? It's a big distinction. Something that's situated could be what? Easily moved. 
something that's planted is really embedded. Sirebo is saying, the key to successful ruchnius is being planted in something. Is being planted in something. Right? In other words, that it's not just the pshat that I dabble, I do this sometimes, I don't do this other times. Being planted in something means I'm kavua. I'm kavua. Whatever, whatever it is. This is a good way. I don't know as well to say, obviously, we're all, we do the daf yomi, right? So we're pretty, we're pretty kavua in things. But, but lamaisi means embedding yourself in something. When you plant yourself, whether it's in your Talmud Torah, in your tefillah, and you make it a kavua part of your life, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm embedded, I'm planted. That's ultimately something that sustains. And I will say, not only that, when you plant yourself in something, when you plant yourself in something, you know what it does? It removes tumah. Isn't that incredible? So I was like, if you just take an item that's tummy and you put it next to something, the tumah still remains. But if you take a tummy item and you replant it, ultimately it loses its tumah and regains its form of Sometimes my eights, my personalistic tree, becomes defiled with bad life choices. How do you deal with that? Replant yourself near the rivers of Torah. If you replant yourself, something amazing happens. All of the Torah goes away. Incredible. Shabbos says, now watch this. So it says the Gemara, says the Gemara, a person takes Zura'im Tameim and he goes ahead and he replants them in the ground. Shabbos says, what's that? Torah. So Zeru'in Va'omdin Lokol Shekim. So I'll say, all the more so. So now watch, watch this Kalachomer. Which, by the way, this happens to be true, this Kalachomer. Well, it says like this. If you take seeds or plants that became Tameh and you replant them, so now they lose their Tumah status and become Tar, become Tar. So all the more so, items that are still planted, still attached to the ground, aren't Mechabal Tumah. And I will say, by the way, that is a true statement. That is a true statement. Items that are still attached to the ground are not mekabel tumah. Shabbos says, Shmami no. So, here, so again, what is Rebeleza trying to prove? Once again, he's just trying to prove that Allah Chalamaisa, if you could change a reality, then what? You certainly could prevent it from occurring. And I will say, the fact that he's bringing this Kavachomer, what do you see from this in terms of how he feels about the mechanics of the Nidarim? Shmami no, lo chaylon. You see from Rebeleza that what does he hold? That when you have proactive revocation, the nether never takes place to begin with. Now, how do you know that? Was it why? Because what is he comparing the nether to? Or what is he comparing proactive revocation to? To plants that are still planted in the ground that can never become tummy. That's the comparison. So the same way that something that is attached to the ground cannot become tummy, so to proactive revocation, the nether is not even chal for a moment. Good. So the Gemara says, "V'rabanon." So the Gemara says, "V'rabanon l'dashikav chomer." Now here's what's interesting. Rabbi Meir's entire, or sorry, Rabbi Eliezer's entire position is based on. So I just want to point out. It sounds like that what the Gemara is settling on over here is that in Rabbi Meir's model of proactive revocation, the nether is never chal. The nether is never chal. Okay. So now the Gemara stops on this. Now we'll say what's interesting is, is as follows. Rabbi Eliezer's entire position is predicated on a Kalvachomer, right? Again, once the same Kalvachomer over and over. If you could change the reality of something, you certainly could what? Prevent it from ever occurring. So the says, do the Rabbanon reject that Kalvachomer? They don't agree with that. For Rabbanon, low darshi Kalvachomer, the Rabbanon not agree. After all, we see Vahatayin and we learned. Interesting case. Yochal yimkar adam esbito kishinara. But so you might have thought that a man has the ability to sell his daughter as a maidservant, 
when she is a Nara. So remember again, what's a Nara? What's a Nara? Six month window, 12 to 12 and six months. A father has the right to sell his daughter as a maid servant, right? As a shifra. As, as a, right? So I'll say, so now, what, so now what's interesting is as follows. What's interesting is you might have thought that a father has the right to sell his daughter even when she's an Arab. In other words, let's work backwards. As of what point does a father for sure not have the right to sell his daughter? Bagus, right? Bogaris, obviously. I will say, because pretty much once Badrus comes, he has no rights in her at all, right? So now let's work, let's work backwards. So I might have thought that as a Nara, remember again, I will say, we've already seen, a Nara is this interesting kind of hybrid time where a father still does have some rights in his daughter. So I might have thought he could sell her when she's a Nara. So Amrit Kavachomer. So we say, what's Kavachomer? So what's Kavachomer? Mechura Kvar Yotza. I will say, if a girl was sold as a Shivcha, as a Kitana, she goes free once she becomes a Nara. So Eina Muchsa, the Gemara says, so Mechura Kvar Yotza, Eina Mechura, Eina Din Shaloti Macher. So we'll say, so again, if she was already sold when she was a Kitana, and she goes free as a Nara, then certainly what? She cannot be sold as a Nara. So we'll say, what do you see from here? They hold this Kavachomer. In other words, we'll say, so what's this Kavachomer? In other words, if a change of reality occurs when she's a Nara, then certainly the new reality of Shifchos does not set in. I will say that's effectively the same Kavachomer that Rabbi Eliezer is making. And yet in this case over here, everyone is subscribing to that same Kavachomer, which again, I will say the Kavachomer is, if you could change reality, you certainly could prevent it from happening. That was Rabbi Eliezer's Kavachomer to justify proactive revocation. The Gemara makes it sound this entire time that the Rabbanon do not hold of that Kavachomer. Yet, I will say here, we see they do. If a girl goes free as a Nara, i.e. changing of reality, it certainly prevents the reality of her becoming a Shifcha as a Nara. So you see that the Rabbanon do subscribe to the Kavachomer. I will say, Amadeis, in the Almadarshi Kavachomer. No, 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 it's true. It's true. In general, the truth is, this is a compelling Kavachomer. Rabbanon say, again, it's a compelling Kavachomer to say that if you could change a reality, you could certainly prevent it from happening as well. Rabbanon say, again, just halachically is compelling, hashkafically, like we spoke about yesterday. If I could do tshuva, if I could do tshuva, if I could change a reality, then what? Then what, Rabbanon say? I could certainly abstain from making the mistake to begin with. Right? So it's compelling halachically, it's compelling ashkafically. So I'll say, so why don't the Rabbanon agree with Rabbi Eliezer over here? The shiny hafa, the amrkra, ishayi kimeno, the ishayi feirena. I'll say it's different over here because the Rabbanon say, here by Nadarim, it's a pasuk. It's a pasuk. What does the pasuk say? A husband will uphold the neder, a husband will annul the neder. It is only a neder that has come to the point where it can be affirmed that it can also what? Be annulled. But if a neder cannot be affirmed, i.e. it has not come into existence, it also cannot be annulled. So I will say, this is what the Rabbanon said in the Mishnah. The Rabbanon is saying, so we'll say, so to a certain degree, like they're, just, they're, they're not really arguing with each other, they're, they're talking at each other, not to each other, meaning because Rabbi Eliezer is operating with the Kavachomer. The Abban will say, Rabbi Eliezer, we love your Kavachomer. The difference over here is what? There was always what? It's a Pasuk. So once it's a Pasuk, there's nothing really to argue anymore. So I will say, by the way, I just want to point out, it's actually two very compelling arguments. 
Rabbi Eliezer is saying proactive revocation should work because again of the Kavachomer, if you could change a reality, you certainly could prevent it from ever occurring. So if a husband could annul his wife's nadarim, he certainly should be able to prevent it from ever, from ever occurring in the first place. And the Chum saying, it's a Pasuk, Torah linking the process of revocation to the process of affirmation. Just like affirmation could only be done with a nether that exists, so so to revocation or annulment could only be done with a nether that exists. And therefore, proactive revocation will not work. So, say, so bottom line, we're left with a mechlokis. Everyone agrees proactive affirmation will not work because of the fear of a kiyum bitaos or a real concern of kiyum bitaos. So the mechlokis about, about proactive revocation, how do we pass? And Shabbos says, the Rambam, the Rambam says over here in, in Hilchos Nedarim, Parak Yud Gimel Halacha Tes. Here it is. Haomer leishto olabito, kol nedarim shetaduri mikan va'achal mimakom ploni, harihin kayamen, o harihin mufarin. So we'll see, here's how the Ramam frames the case. If a person goes ahead, man says to his wife or to his daughter, because either way, again, either way, whichever way you have the power of revocation, any of the dharma you make, right? That you'll make from, from now until I come back from a certain place. We'll say, by the way, I just want to point out, the reason why these cases are framed as from now until I come back from a certain place is why? Because Lamai said the assumption over here, we're talking about a case where he's not hearing the Nadarim. So when, what's the case when he's not hearing the Nadarim? Where he's traveling. That's why it's set up like this. But it does, I just want to point out, it doesn't have to be like that. He could also make this same, make, make this same tonight, even if he's sitting at home. So Lamaise again, he says, any proactive revocation, proactive affirmation, that Abraham says, Lo Amar Klum. So also be asking ultimately like the Chamim, namely that proactive revocation will not work. And I should say, Proactive affirmation will not work, but that everyone agrees on. And proactive revocation will not work as well in accordance with the position of the Chachamim. Why not? The Kesef Mishnah quotes the logic of the Chachamim, Ishayifirenu v'ishayikimenu, or I'm sorry, Ishayikimenu v'ishayifirenu. We link the process ultimately again of revocation to affirmation. Just like affirmation could only be done on a nether that exists, so to revocation could only be done on a nether that exists. So say Salah no proactive affirmation, no proactive revocation. Incredible. Says the Mishnah. Bosa, let's go back there. Says the Mishnah. Really interesting sugya. So now Bosa, we're going to get into a little bit more of the mechanics of revocation itself, which is really interesting. Hafaras Nidarim. So we'll say, so remember again, just just to be clear, there's Hataras Nidarim and Hafaras Nidarim. Hafaras Nidarim specifically refers to the process or to the mechanism of annulment as used by a husband or a father. Okay? So I will say, so there's a very big difference in this. Why? Because as we're going to see, the ability for a father or a husband, well, let, let's see right now. Hafaras Nidarim, so I will say, so the annulment, the annulment of a nether by a husband or a father, that is kol hayom. That could take place that day. That day. Now we'll say, what's that day? Take a look at the run. So we'll say, see the run in the, in the, short, in the short lines, in the short lines there, like right in the middle of the short lines, right where you see the big masnis and the big mishnah. So two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven lines up from before it gets wide. So as far as them call a yom, yom ha-shmiyah. They both say, there is a window of annulment that a father or a husband have. What's the window? The day on which they heard the nether. The day on which they heard the nether. So right, So the Gemara Mishnah says, Yesh, but now we'll say, now understand, what, what does day mean? What does day mean? So we're going to see 
that the Yom HaShemir refers to the calendar day. The calendar day. Yesh b'dabar l'hakel, u'l'hachmer. Dabar say, now the truth is, this comes with a Chumrah and it comes with a Kula. How so? Ketzad. So, Ketzad. Nadra belele Shabbos, yafer belele Shabbos, Yom HaShabbos. Achidak Shach. So, we'll say, here's an example. Let's say again, Ruben is married to Rachel. And what does Rachel do? Rachel makes a nether on Friday night. On Friday night. So, we'll say, so what's Talacha? What's, win- what's Ruben's window of, of annulment? All of Shabbos night and all of Shabbos day until Matzah Shabbos. Until it until gets dark, Matzah Shabbos. On the other hand, if let's say again, she makes a nether by Shalosh right? let's say again, late on the day of Shabbos, then he only has the ability to go ahead and annul the nether until when? Until nightfall. So both said, the idea that Mishnah is calling this over here, that there's a kula, and there's a, there's a kula in the Chumrah. So we'll, we'll discuss this. The kula is that you could have up to an entire day to annul it. The Chumrah is that what I will say, there could be situations where what? You only have a matter of minutes, right? If she makes the nether very late in the day, you may only have a matter of minutes in which to exercise the power of annulment. Take a look at the Ran again. So the Ran says something very interesting. He says, The Ran says, The wording of Lahakel and Lahachmir is actually the wrong wording. Because this isn't the Kula and the Chumra. Rather, I will say, What is it? So I was like, the idea to run says, it's not really a kula and a chumrah. Rather, what is it? It just means that this halacha manifests itself in different ways at different times. So sometimes you'll have a lot of time for revocation. Sometimes you won't have a lot of time for revocation. That's, that's pretty much what it means. La fuke me eis la eis de la olam zmano shava. Shabbos said, this stands in contradistinction. We're going to see an opinion of said that holds that the window for revocation is 24 hours. Now, both said, Meislais means 24 hour period. From the time that you hear the nether, right, you always have 24 hours. So, both said, the, the chap in that position is it's consistent. There's always 24 hours. What, according to the Ran, what the Mishnah is trying to highlight over here, it used Lashon of Lakula and Lachumra, but it doesn't really mean Lakula and Lachumra. Rather, what it means is sometimes you'll have a lot of time for it, more time, sometimes you'll have less time. Take a look at the next round for just a moment. Nadra Balele Shabbos. So it's interesting about say that the that the Mishnah chooses the example over here of making a nether on Shabbos night. So the Ran writes, Huadin Bachol. The truth is the Mishnah obviously this this same halacha applies even if she made a nether by day. So what's the chap over here? Bahai did not get Shabbos Milsa Agab Orchi Kamashmalon so, so we're going to see, by the way, what the Mishnah is coming to introduce us to is the idea that you could annul the Dharam on Shabbos. Right? That, so again, that, that's going to be more of tomorrow's sugya, but we're going to get into that. But that's the point. In other words, you shouldn't think that this halakha sama is limited to Shabbos. There was a, there's a concept of Nusa Agav Orchei Mashma. Sometimes the Mishnah teaches us like two halakhas in one. So here is teaching me that the window for annulment is a day, a calendar day. And it's also teaching me that what? That you could annul the Dharam when? 
on Shabbos Kodesh also. Fine. So we'll say, so let's go. So let's go back to Gemara. So we'll say, what are we introduced to? We're introduced now into the window of annulment. Now, so the window of annulment ultimately is a calendar day. Sometimes that gives the husband or the father a lot of time. Sometimes it only gives them a little bit of time. But that is the halacha. Says the Gemara. Tanya. Here we go. Hafaras nadarim kolayom. So we'll say, Hafaras nadarim is the entire day. Once again, what does entire day mean? Entire day means calendar day. Calendar day. So Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda, sorry, Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehuda, Rabbi Yosef Bar Shimon Amru Meisleis. Wow. Okay, here we have it. Here we have it. Shemos say Tanakama comes hold that halacha Maisa, the window for annulment is a calendar day. Rabbi say just to understand in halacha in general, when you see the word Yom, a day, unqualified Yom means a calendar day. When Chazal want to talk about a twenty-four hour period, the lashon is. Meis Leis. So Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon come along and they say, no, 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 the window for a moment of an Eder is 24 hours. So let's analyze. So my time with the Tanakhamo, why does the Tanakhamo hold that you, only have, that you have a calendar day? Omicron, because the Pasuk says, Biyom Shamo. Rabbi Yossi, the Torah itself says, Biyom Shamo. Rabbi Yossi, like we just said before, unqualified Yom means what? Means what? A calendar day. Take a quick look at the Ran for just a moment. We will say in the widest lines of the Ran, three lines in Amakrab Yom Shamo, Dimashma Yom Hashmiya Bilvad. So the Ran is saying unqualified Yom means a calendar day. So the Torah says, husband, father, have their own husband. In this case, it's the, it's the husband. Uh, so it's the husband over here. So right, the husband has the power of annulment, Yom on the day that he hears it. What's the day that he hears it? Calendar day. Verabonon my time. I say, I was Verabonon's logic. Was Tanaka right? Verabonon my time. I was like, when it says Verabonon over, it means the rabbis, Rabbi Yosi and Rabbi Lazar. What's their logic? The Chsiv miyom el yom. It was like that same pasuk says from one day to the next. So Rabbi Yosi and Rabbi Lazar are understanding miyom el yom to mean what? Twenty four hours. Meislays. So, so by the way, it's fascinating. It's the same, I just want to point out, it's the same Pasek. It's the same Pasek. So the Tanakam was focusing on Biyom Shamo, calendar day. Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Lazar are focusing on Miyom El Yom. And they're using that to mean 24 hours. So let's analyze. I will Miyom El Yom. What does the Tanakam do with the phrase Miyom El Yom? It's trick. That's needed. Why? Di'i Biyom Shamo. Have I mean be a mama in Balaila law? Supposed to listen to this. Tanakama says, no, 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 you need me yom el yom. Why need me yom el yom? Shabbos say, here's what's interesting. Tanakama says, to a certain degree, I, to a certain degree, I agree that me yom el yom span, could span a larger amount of time than a calendar day. But it's not coming to teach you 24 hours. What is it coming to teach you? It's coming to teach you that you could even do hafaras nedarim. At night, at night. So the Gemara said, "Dichsid." I'm sorry. For Rabbanu, I'm going to dichsid miyom ayom. Otanakama hoksid miyom ayom. It's terich di biyom shamo. Because if it would have just said biyom shamo, hava amina, I would have thought that when can a husband annul his wife's nedarim? Be a mama in balaylo by day yes, but not by night. Because biyom shamo ksiv miyom ayom. Therefore, the Torah says, Miyom Yom, to teach you that what? 
that you can even go ahead and halacha lemaisa anol nidarin at night. I'll drive down. Sarah will say, so just pause here for just a moment. So according to the Tanakh Kama, the halacha, the core halacha of the time frame of Hafara is taught to us from where? Biyom Shamo. Biyom Shamo teaches us that halacha lemaisa, a calendar day. A calendar day. Fine. What does Miyom Al Yom teach me? That you can even do Hafaras Nedarim at night. At night, good. Ulamandar Miyom El Yom, but according to Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yossi, who hold 24 hour prayer Miyom El Yom, what do they do with Biyom Shamo? It's trick. It's necessary. I'll tell you why. Dixim Miyom El Yom. If we're just a Miyom El Yom, Havamina, Mechad Bishaba, Lechad Bishaba. This is wild. They will say, listen to this. They say like this. If it would have just said Miyom El Yom, I will say, you know what I would have thought? This is wild. I would have thought, what's the window for Afara? What's the window? A week. Miyom El Yom. She made the nether on a Monday, right? What's the window of Afara? From one Monday to what? To what? To the next Monday. A week. Therefore, Ksiv Biyom Shamo. Different ones say, see, here's what's interesting. According to Rabbi Lazar Yossi, so listen to this. Miyom El Yom, Miyom El Yom, ultimately would have taught me one, day, one week to the next, Monday to Monday. Biyom Shamo comes to kind of constrict Miyom Ayom to teach you that it's a 24-hour period, not a one-week period. Incredible. So we'll say, Salach Lama, say, here's what we're left with. A fundamental machlokis, really fascinating, fundamental machlokis between the Tanakamo and between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Eliezer. In other words, Tanakamo is saying on one hand, the window for annulment is one calendar day. He learns it out from Biyom Shamo, and Miyom Ayom teaches me that you could even do annulment at night. Rabbi Yossi is saying the window for annulment is a 24-hour period. And Yom El Yom, I would have thought it meant a week. Biyom Shamo limits it to one 24-hour period. Incredible. So we'll say, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Amr Shimon Pazi, Amr Shimon Levi, Ein halacha ka'oso hazog. So also Rabbi Shimon Ben Pazi says in Rabbi Shimon Levi, the halacha does not follow this pair of rabbis. Which pair of rabbis? Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Lazar Ben Rabbi Shimon. Right? The halacha does not follow this pair of rabbis, namely that the window for annulment is one calendar day. One calendar day. Levi So Levi was going to conduct himself like these rabbis, like Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yossi, and annul a neder past the calendar day within a 24 hour period. Rav said, Chavivi, Rav said, if you look at Rashi over here, who's Chavivi? Rav said, Chavivi, who's Chavivi? Four lines are from the bottom, Chavivi, Rabbi Chia. Chavivi refers to Rabbi Chia. Why, who's Chavivi? Shahayadodo Shorav. I will say, Chavivi is another name for uncle. So Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia was Rav's uncle. So Rav says to Levi, my uncle already said, Ein halacha ka'osa azog. That the halacha does not follow that pair of rabbis. Namely, that the window for the window for annulment ultimately is going to be what a calendar day and not twenty four hours. So I'll say, so how do we paskin? This is obviously incredibly important. So how do we paskin? So the Rambam in Hilchos Nidarim Halach Perik Yud Beis Halacha Tesvav says as follows. Here we go. So he says Hafaras Nidarim Kol Hayom Ve'ena Meislays. All right. So it's interesting how the Rambam phrases it. Right? He says. Annulment of a nether by a father or a husband is for the calendar day, but is not 
for a full 24 hour period. So he goes on, he says, He passed like the Tanakhama, namely that the window four, the window four, annulment of a nether by a husband or by a, or by a, or by a, Father, I'm sorry, by a husband or by a father, right? Ultimately, again, it's for the calendar day, right? One calendar day. And I will say, as the Mishnah says, sometimes that gives him a lot of time, sometimes that gives him a little bit of time, everything depending on when he hears the nether. Good. That's the end of that sogya. Now, I will say, we're going to do something fascinating. Listen to this. So, we'll say, so okay, so, so here's what we have. This is very exciting. So, here's what we have. We now have become incredibly proficient in the two models of nether revocation. So, know that there's hataras nether. Now, I will say, how do you do Ataras Nadarim? Who, who, who do you need for Ataras Nadarim? Who do you need? A Chacham. Right? A Bezdin, or at least a Chacham. Tam Chacham. I will say, what are the mechanics of Ataras What do you need? What do you need? A Pesach. The most simple form of Pesach is? Charata. Excellent. Charata. Charata. Right? So contrast that with Hafara. Who does Hafara? Father or husband? What do you need for Hafara? A husband or a father. Right, that's all. In other words, and we'll say, because remember, what's the difference? It's a fundamental difference. The process of Hatara is driven by who? The vower. The process of Hafara is driven by who? Husband or the father. Right? So it makes sense. Therefore, again, the process of Hafara is not the husband or the father doing. Therefore, again, the vower doesn't really have a part of this. Right? Remember, you, know, so you could have a case of a woman who made a nether, and she wants it. Obviously, she made it, so she, made, she wants the nether. Husband says, I don't want it. So I'll say, so he has the power of revocation even over, he has the power of revocation even over her protestation. Hmm. Right? Excellent, right? Right? Power of revocation even over her protestation. I will say, as opposed to, let's say, charata, as opposed to, I should say, hatara, where halacha lamaisa, again, in that case, in that case, halacha lamaisa, if devour does initiate the process, so, a, so now watch this. So now, the ikr for hatara is going to be charata. Here we go, I will say. So this is very interesting. So, chia barav, so chia barav, shari gira ubadiks. This is great. So I will say, the literal translation was, chia barav would be shooting arrows and at the same time would go ahead and help someone annul their nether. Okay, what does that mean? Take a look at the run. Three lines are from the bottom. Three lines are from the bottom. So I'll say, by the way, why is this being brought down here? Because remember again, Levi wanted to conduct himself like, like Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Eliezer and use a 24-hour window for nether annulment. Rav said, my uncle, Chavivi, my uncle, Rabbi Chia, said you can't do that. That's not how we pass him. Once we quoted Rabbi Chia, we're bringing up Rabbi Chia again over here. So look at the Ran. Listen to this. He says, Rav Shadi, right? So I'm sorry. Barav Shadi Gira Ubadik. Ba'od Shahayim is asking Liro Schitzim, Hayabodik Adam Habala, Fan of the Hatter Nidra, Vishalo, in Mischaret Umatiro, the Kasara Poschin Becharata. Here we go. Rabbi Chia felt as follows. Rabbi Chia felt the only Pesach you need to be matir a neder is what? Charata. Now we'll say, what does charata consist of? What does charata consist of? I regret having made the neder. That's it. So I will say, essentially, what I'm saying is like this. According to Rabbi Chia, the only thing you need for Atar's neder is charata. The only thing you need for charata is an actual expression of remorse. It does not require a deep, you know, a deep involved process. 
devourer just has to show up before a Chacham and say, I regret having made the neder. And the Chacham says, okay, right? And, and, and that's it. In other words, right? And it's, right? Mutalach, mutalach, mutalach. That's it. So because it's not an involved process with the Gemara Sanchez, what does it mean, what does it mean Rabbi Chia was shooting arrows? What it means is, Rabbi Chia was doing something else. Right? He was, what's the word? I do multiple things at the same time. Multitasking. multitasking. Right? He was multitasking. Right? He was multitasking. So he's shooting arrows. And he, you, know, you know, I guess some people get in their steps. Some people get in their arrows. Whatever it is. Right? So, so the man said again, he's shooting arrows and he's being matter in the garden. Right? That's it. The point is, the point I will say is, he felt the only thing you need for Antares Adarim is simple charata. So because all it requires is simple remorse on the part of the vower, it's not an involved process. And because it's not an involved process, you could even be multitasking. Similarly, the Gemara says, Rabba, Rabba Barafuna, Yasivikaim. So I was like, similarly again, Rabba, Rabba Barafuna sometimes would sit and sometimes would stand when he was being matur neder. It's the same idea, I will say. Remember again, when you, when you need to deal with something that requires a bit more concentration, what do you do? You sit. You sit. Standing, generally, people have less concentration. So the idea is, how would Rabba, right? How would Rabba Rafuna be matur neder? Sitting or standing. Look at the last run on the page. So if he caught him sitting, he'd be sitting. If he caught him standing, he'd be standing. It's the same idea. Both of these great Rabbanim felt that the only thing you need for Ataras Adarim is simple charata. Charata is not an involved process. It's just the vower simply saying, I regret ever having made this nether. It doesn't get into a Pesach, it doesn't get into It's just simple remorse. Simple remorse, therefore, didn't require the concentration of these great Rabbanim, and they were matir nidarim with relative ease, even while multitasking. I will say, we'll stop over here for today. Emirat Hashem, we're going to jump back to the Mishnah regarding Shabbos. Emirat Hashem, tomorrow, Shkoyach. All right, have a great day, everyone. Revocation is not possible for others. Proactive revocation is possible for yourself. That's why. That's why the Rambam was asked.